focus on building really high quality content that people want to read. Obviously, you have to do it strategically looking at what are the keywords that have the highest search volume for the space that you're operating in, make sure that you're incorporating those keywords into your content. But the key is to do all of that in a way that's natural and that doesn't feel gimmicky. Welcome to the Marketing Innovators Podcast. This is the show for marketing innovators everywhere who want to push the boundaries of marketing and learn about cutting edge strategies and channels that are working today. Join us each week to hear from industry leading marketers as they share best practices and what is working for them. This episode is brought to you by TubeWeb. Growing your business online is overwhelming. At TubeWeb, we make it simple. Our agency has helped over 700 businesses and organizations grow through digital marketing. Learn more and reach out to us at tweb.c. Welcome to the Marketing Innovators Podcast. Today we have Mika Castaldo, who is from RateHub. He is the general manager there. Mika, welcome to the show. Thanks. Uh, excited to be here, Meeb. Great. So, Mika, you've had an interesting background. Can you tell us a little bit about your personal backstory and how you ended up being the GM at RateHub? Sure. So, um, the start to my career at the Boston Consulting Group. So. Did a stint in strategy consulting there, mostly focused on serving clients in the TMT space, so tech, media, and telecom. Uh, a lot more telecom than tech. I guess from, from BCG, moved into my first role at Radehub where I was launching new business units and then settled into my current job, which is the GM of our everyday banking business unit. Great. So what does Radehub do? If you have a quick pitch here as far as like uh, what target audiences you serve and uh, what you specialize in, that would be great. So we're Canada's leading financial product comparison website. So whenever you're looking to make a decision on what mortgage you should get, what credit card is best for you, or the, the kind of home and auto insurance that would fit your needs, RateHub uh, helps users compare and contrast and then buy those products. So operating coast to coast, serving across mortgages, credit cards, insurance, banking, and investing products. So the, the best way to think about us is the Amazon of personal finance. Nice. I mean, obviously, this is a much needed service, especially these days with the interest rates being so low. Have you noticed a surge in demand for your services? So it's interesting because we operate across so many different verticals. I think you could probably guess which of our verticals benefit when interest rates are cut and which ones don't. With a lot of that, everything that's happened to interest rates over the last year, obviously, that's been favorable to mortgages because it's been a lot more affordable for people to get mortgages. But the flip side of that is... GIC or savings account rates have also never been lower. So what might help one of our business units doesn't necessarily help the other because we kind of have like a, a full picture of what the financial landscape. Interesting. So I know that when it comes to promoting your services online, what kind of marketing do you find has really worked for your industry? So RateHub was built on SEO and uh, it's going to be largely what continues to, to propel us to further growth in the future. Any term that you'll go ahead and search around mortgages or credit cards, it's very likely that RateHub is one of the first or second hits that you'll see on Google. And our, our co-founder, Alyssa, is a super strong believer in SEO. Large part of our success comes from building high quality content, answering questions that Canadians have, and then driving organic traffic to our site. We also rely on, uh, on other marketing channels like Google CPC, email marketing, and, and obviously some direct brand plays. But organic through SEO is absolutely our, our bread and butter. That's awesome. I mean, I'm going to pick your brain on SEO a little bit because this is something that a lot of companies, they find it challenging because, you know, obviously it takes time. It, it's a long haul. Like you're in it uh, for the long haul. You actually are creating content and it doesn't show up in Google for the longest time. It's kind of like running a marathon. 
I always say SEO is a bit of a science because Google's always changing their rules and they're always trying to make it more competitive because you only have, you know, a certain number of positions on the first page. How do you actually beat the Google game, so to speak? The only way to beat the Google game is to not try to beat the Google game and, and work alongside Google. So I'll, I'll start off by saying what not to do, and then we can get into what you should do. So a lot of people will try to outsmart Google by automatically generating a bunch of pages, thinking, okay, if I have pages for every search parameter someone might be, be looking for, then that'll help me. Or people will try buying a bunch of low quality links, thinking that that's going to improve their SEO. There's a whole bunch of things called like black hat SEO that eventually Google is going to catch up on. Google's goal is to make sure that the most relevant results are at the top. So any of those other tactics, even if they might give you short-term gains, won't build a steady base from, from which you can operate on. So on the flip side, if I guess what we've been doing at RateUp and what's worked for us so far is focus on building really high quality content that people want to read. Obviously, you have to do it strategically looking at what are the keywords that have the highest search volume for the space that you're operating in, make sure that you're incorporating those keywords into your content. But the key is to do all of that in a way that's natural and that doesn't feel gimmicky. And then there's a whole host of things on technical SEO as well, like page speed, how quickly the page loads, how, how Google will interpret certain technical measurements on your site, that you, you have to make sure that you have all of those on point as well. So to beat Google, really the only thing to do is make sure that you're putting out super high quality content, investing in staying on top of what the latest is in technical SEO. And Google changes their algorithm every few months. So whenever Google does something that they call a core update, uh, it's important to read Google's release on what was included in that update and take it seriously, stay plugged into the space and make sure that you're moving in the direction that Google is. An example of that is there's some rumblings in the SEO space that content sharing, where I write a piece for your site, you write a piece for my site. A lot of people have been doing that in SEO with the hopes of generating links. There's been some talks that Google is going to start not favoring that kind of behavior when it's obvious content sharing. So something like that, for example, is what we've been traditionally we did in the past at RateHub, but because we know that that's likely not where the Google algorithm is going to go, trying to figure out other ways to generate high quality links instead. So it's really just playing nice, playing fair with Google and um, trying to win the long game. It took us 10 years to get to where we are right now with RateHub. We obviously had some SEO uh, benefits within the first three to four years, but it's not the kind of thing that you're going to get results in a few months uh, or, or even a year, it's, uh, you definitely have to be invested for the long haul. That's true. That's true. I mean, Google was born on basically ranking content and they used links technically as votes towards that content. Obviously, the algorithm has evolved drastically since uh, the inception of Google. But, you know, we find that as Google is becoming more and more competitive uh, or making things more competitive for organizations, they're really focusing on the user experience side of things, uh, which has really played into the SEO game. And the recent update with the Core Web Vitals update, which has to do a lot with site speed and user experience and just how people browse through your content, I think has a lot to do with that. And Google has actually never been very transparent about releasing the details of their updates. But I think with this update, they were pushing it a lot even since last year they announced it. And uh, it seems that it just came into effect here last month here in Canada. So have you noticed with this update or with some of the changes that are happening with Google, some fluctuations with ratehub.ca website? So we're at a point now where we don't see huge fluctuation usually when there's a Google core update. I'm saying that knock on wood, fingers crossed, because 
if there's a fluctuation, it's probably not going to be in our favor because we're the incumbent for a lot of these search terms. But the most recent one, there was very, very little movement. There was a core update uh, about a year and a half ago, though, where it impacted us very favorably. So some of these core updates can see traffic swings across certain websites or position swings of like 20, 30%. And that's really when Google resets and you'll, you'll see some, some big changes. But the most recent one for us, fortunately, hasn't been too tumultuous. Well, actually, you know, that's the result of great SEO, because when you're actually working on a white hat and good SEO strategy, you don't have to worry too much about these updates, because what actually those updates are designed to do is they're designed to screen out the bad websites that are not producing the quality content, they're, that are trying other methods and means to actually get high rankings in the short term. I love that. Ratehub.ca, the website has been a leader in terms of, you know, coming up in search results because of their SEO strategy and because of the content and the quality content that you're producing. But I would imagine it would take an immense amount of time and effort and just the overall thought process to be able to come to a level where you're actually dominating the search space. I mean, we have obviously a full-time content and SEO team at Ratehub. SEO was one of the first problems our co-founder Alyssa was trying to solve. Our other co-founder, James, was focusing on how to turn that SEO into money for mortgages. But it's a super long game that involves multiple people across the business. I mean, for us, our our strategy is making sure that we're publishing high quality content on a weekly basis, refreshing our pages, but refreshing them in a way that's actually meaningful, not just changing a few few words and calling it a day. I mean, we have two full-time content writers right now looking to onboard a new SEO person. It's uh, a core part of our business, something that we think about a lot because it's one of our core revenue sources. Do you find the different types of content can have a greater impact? So, you know, obviously you write a lot of great articles on, and I've seen some of the content on the site. It, it's, it's really insightful, very educational. That's great from a user perspective. But are you finding that other types of content perform better than textual content? So the way I tend to think about types of content are landing pages versus blog. I think landing pages are the first and most important thing for a business to get right. I mean, if you're looking to start up and invest in SEO, a lot of businesses will go straight towards building a blog. The challenge with that is you'll get a lot of, you might rank for some of those blogs, which is the best case scenario. But even if you start ranking for those blogs, they're not designed for conversion. So let's say you're building a a new candy company and you write blogs on the best types of candy for 2021. That's great. People will go onto your blog article, but usually blogs aren't designed in a way that you can easily convert that into money. So I think when I think about content and SEO, the lens of conversion is always layered on top and landing pages are are really what are designed for that versus blogs. So that's like a a common mistake I'll see a lot of businesses make is they'll say, okay, we want to do SEO, but we'll hire an SEO company to buy us a bunch of sketchy links and then we'll start writing a blog. And then they'll be surprised when that isn't turning into results. And it's because Really, it's a longer term game, but the content that has the best results for RateHub directly answers users' questions, is related to high search volume content, and is usually structured in a landing page format. Blogs absolutely have their place. We have a blog at RateHub, we publish stuff every week, but that's not going to be where the largest revenue opportunity is for SEO versus landing pages. Absolutely, yes. I mean, obviously, you're designing those landing pages to convert audiences. So I think that from that perspective, you know, when people land on the page and they're consuming the content, they find value in it, they're more willing to actually share their information and ultimately enter their details. So how do you track the activity? Like, I mean, are you utilizing any analytics specifically to see what content is working well versus others? I mean, analytics is our, our bread and butter at Raid Hub. We have 
huge analytics team and always looking to grow it. So there's a whole host of different things that we track. I'll break it down into pure SEO metrics and then everything else. So in terms of pure SEO, obviously we track visibility on site, the ranking, the keyword volume, and uh, we'll use the same tools as everyone else does for that SEM rush, that kind of thing. But then that'll just tell us whether we're doing the right job in terms of our position on Google. Everything else after that, I think, is where things get a lot more interesting and is where we've made a lot of investments in our analytics over the last couple of years, where it's seeing, obviously, not just what are the users to your site, but down to what are all of the buttons that they press from when a user lands on your site, anonymized, of course, what's the path that they take? How are they interacting with each of your pages? How are they converting? And then that helps us obviously optimize our pages so that they're, they're higher converting, better user experience. But we'll be able to track interaction from when a user lands onto our page to when they bounce off and see what the most common paths are. So I know that there's a lot of regulations when it comes to promoting services such as uh, RateHub Online, especially through paid means. Facebook has a lot of barriers there. So are you utilizing any paid channels as well? And are you utilizing Facebook marketing? Facebook marketing hasn't been hugely successful for us. So what we do is Google CPC, which is more closely related to our SEO work. But there's a lot of strict regulation when you are publishing ads in the financial sector around, for example, how you display interest rates versus annual fee rates for credit cards. I think we found that Google CPC tends to work really well for us. I'm sure there's other companies in the financial services space that have made Facebook work for them. It just hasn't been something that, that has been effective for us. But anyone is starting to look at paid channels, it's super important to make sure that you're tracking the return on ad spend really tightly. Because if you could be investing money into something, thinking that it's profitable based off of how many people click on it, but if they're not taking the desired action at the end of the day, it's likely wasted money. Facebook isn't something that we've used a lot of, but Google CPC for sure. And do you find that Google CPC has been a good return on investment? Because I know that right now there's a lot of saturation in the space of just uh, Google AdWords. Are you finding that is uh, really cutting into your lead, lead acquisition costs? You'd think with our position in organic rankings that there'd be a ton of cannibalization or that it wouldn't be profitable for us, but it's been surprisingly effective. I've heard a stat recently that I think 40% of people who land on a Google page will actually click an ad. And everyone always thinks like, who are the people clicking the ads? I'm not clicking an ad. You, I'm sure you're not clicking an ad. But when the ads are, are relevant and valuable, people are clicking them. So participating, we want to make sure we're participating in that audience share. And then using Google CPC is what allows us to do that. You know, I was reading this article about just intent-based marketing. And Google's really good at tracking activities and what our intent is, especially when we have when we're looking to buy something, when we're looking to invest in something, and we're asking a question, um, searching for an article. And I think, you know, over time, that has really fueled the AdWords side of things. Uh, and businesses find that they're getting a lot more activity because of investing in AdWords. While Facebook, on the other hand, is a slightly different channel. Obviously, you can actually be very specific in targeting, although with certain rules and regulations that actually have a release due to privacy and so forth. Now there's limitations as far as what data you can get from your audience, but it's still pretty powerful based on what you're trying to achieve. So it's good to know that you're actually utilizing some of these means and obviously finding some challenges with other channels too. Have you tried any LinkedIn marketing at all? Uh, no, no. LinkedIn, I think, is usually super effective for B2B marketing because of the type of business that we are, which is highly B2C at the point of purchase. LinkedIn isn't something that we've looked into yet, but there's a whole host of other businesses where I'm sure LinkedIn would be super effective. 
But yeah, Google CPCs mostly will, will be focused on. I think an, an added point on that is a lot of businesses when they'll start off and, and they want to focus on SEO to acquire customers are often much better off just spending money on Google CPC because it's a fast way to make sure that you're getting the ranking that you want and test your product immediately in front of users. So for any businesses that are looking to start off, invest in, in SEO, I often find that Google CPC is a tool that can help carry you until your SEO rankings are kind of where they should be. So that's kind of how I'll think about the, the difference between when to use Google CPC versus when to use SEO. But LinkedIn marketing, yeah, I'm sure super helpful for SaaS companies, for example, but for RateHub, it's not where our audience usually is. Now, just shifting gears a little bit here, because uh, obviously you've been with RateHub for a little over a couple of years. I mean, you've gone through the experience of obviously this transition through COVID. How has that helped RateHub in any way? Or how has that helped in terms of growing the company? Or has it been a bit of a downfall due to uh, COVID? Yeah, it's funny. When I left BCG, I knew I wanted to do an operating role and I knew I wanted to be kind of in the thick of it, fighting fires and learning by doing. I had no idea what that would mean when I was actually doing it a year and a half later in the middle of COVID. I mean, it was a difficult year. Obviously, it's a difficult year for everybody. I think the challenge for us was making sure that we were adapting to what our partners needed and what the information that our users wanted to see. So on the partner side, a lot of the big banks wanted to make sure that the customers they were taking on fit the risk profile that they wanted. And but then on the mortgages side, a lot of them were going be able to go in with relatively rich offers because of where the interest rate was. So for us, it was being able to adapt our product offering, make sure that we're having the right level of conversations at our partners so that we're we're able to pivot our product so that it can help our partners achieve their goals. And then on the user side, Canadians have had tons of questions about their personal finances over the past year, especially around what kind of investments to make with interest rates being super low, what that means for their mortgage, if they should be renewing, refinancing. So making sure that we're staying on top of our content and updating it, that's another way that COVID has impacted our business where we've had to be a lot more agile. From like a pure revenue perspective, because we're so diversified across different business units, as I'm sure you can imagine, mortgages with interest rates being as low as they are did better than our credit cards vertical, for example, where a lot of credit card providers increased or decreased their risk tolerance for credit cards during the worst of COVID. So because we're spread out across a bunch of different verticals, we were able to distribute that risk. But I think we also got a sense of the kinds of challenges people who are concentrated in one vertical might be facing and got a lot of empathy for our partners and what they were going through. So that leads me back to our earlier conversation about uh, you know, content marketing, so to speak, because obviously you've got different services. When you're creating your content, the content strategy piece, are you finding that you're creating different kinds of content for different channels or different verticals of your services? Or what is the approach that you take there? Across each vertical, the strategy is largely the same, where it's divided between content for landing pages, content for what we call our education center, and content for blog. So it doesn't really differ across verticals. Obviously, the nature of the content differs because you'd be talking about different things, but the strategy that's worked for us is held true across all of our different verticals. That's great. For RateHub, what are the biggest opportunities that you see in the near future? So I'll talk about RateHub in general, and then I'll talk about my little corner of RateHub, which is our, our everyday banking business unit. So our goal for RateHub is to be the best place to compare and then buy financial products in Canada. So on the mortgages side, we've invested a, a ton of work in improving our digital brokerage experience, 
in uh, my corner, which is the everyday banking world, seeing the evolution of rate up where at the beginning it was, let's focus on volume and SEO dominance. So going broad. And now we're at a point where we're able to go a little bit deeper and focus on conversion. So in credit cards, for example, there's a lot of important keywords where we're ranking number one. We think about what's going to make Rate Hub one of Canada's largest fintechs. It's not going to be further growth from SEO because we're already doing quite well there. It's going to be how do we focus on optimizing conversion? So in credit cards, our solution to that is kind of two products, which we're super excited about. The first is something called our eligibility checker tool, where it's going to allow Canadians to check their odds for a credit card before they actually apply. So they'll know what their chances are of being approved before submitting an application, which prevents misery for everyone, right? Users don't have to get a negative hit to their credit score. Our partners don't have to process applications that they were likely going to decline anyways. And then selfishly for RateHub, we would have wanted to send that customer somewhere else because that's in our financial interest. So it's a product that we're super excited about. We'll likely launch at the end of the quarter and probably going to make things easier when Canadians are shopping for credit cards. And then the second product is owning more of the credit card application experience on ratehub.ca. So from all of our learnings around optimization and conversion for financial products in Canada specifically, we've gotten pretty good at figuring out what works and what doesn't work in application flows. So we've started building a few credit card applications and hosting them directly on our site for our partners, which is a better experience for users. But then for RateHub and, and our partners, usually it means that it's converting four or 500% better than when that goes to the partner site. So really, if we're thinking about what is going to 10x RateHub's business from here, it's all of the opportunities in conversion. I think that's a very important point because you kind of um, hit the nail on the head there when it comes to the conversion side, because user experience can really have a profound impact when it comes to converting. And if you are actually having a user go to a different website to fill out a form and, and have that experience be disconnected, then obviously you're going to lose a lot of conversion. So that in itself shows that you can actually increase your conversions three to four times just by having a streamlined experience on your site. 100%. And we've seen some international players that do the same thing as RateHub. They've been able to increase it far above that by uh, owning things on, on their website and then building tools similar to the eligibility checker. So we're lucky in that there's a lot of international players who have been doing the same thing, solving the same kind of problems that we're trying to solve. But multiple proof points for conversion really matters. And you can see significant growth from investing in user experience and, and conversion, especially when the growth from SEO, for example, starts tapering off. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really important. I think from also, I know Google is also tracking this now is that they are seeing which, based on the activity on basically websites that are more engaging, where people are going through the different steps and filling out forms and actually reaching those conversion goals. Google is prioritizing those websites uh, in terms of rankings too, because at the end of the day, they're delivering a better experience where you're getting more conversions and they're accessing more pages on the website. They're spending more time. It all helps in your search engine rankings as well. Mika, we've kind of covered a lot here today and you know, I'd love to hear more about your background. Let's say if you were to go back five or 10 years, what advice would you give to your younger self? So the advice I would give to my younger self would be a lot harsher and probably not as universally applicable as I think what most people would be interested in. So I'll start with like some general advice for, let's say, someone who's like a university student or a recent grad, and then I can talk about myself around that point in time. So one of the most important things for people when they're first starting off their career is not underestimating the importance of relationships and having people that believe in you. I know it sounds cheesy and it's somewhat of a truism at this point, but 
a lot of people will think early in their career that if they're the best at one specific technical thing, that'll be what takes them to to the next level. And especially in my time at BCG, this was a mentality that was pervasive with some people, wasn't with others. But what I think can help a lot of people early on is find people that believe in you, create value for them, help them out. And then that'll really be what, what will accelerate doors opening for you. It's what, what's helped me tremendously, having a lot of mentors that believed in me, were willing to open doors for me. So I think really investing in relationships early on, universally applicable advice I would give to myself five, 10 years ago, it would be to get my head out of books, you know, doing some stuff in the real world. But that is my specific problem as a university student. That's wonderful. So based on your experience and challenges that you've overcome, if there's one big takeaway that you could give to our listeners today, what would that be? So from a marketing angle, it would be volume and SEO is great, but it's not the right fit for everyone, especially for smaller businesses. Don't underestimate the importance of Google CPC. It is difficult and it takes time to build your rankings on Google. So rather than doing a half-assed job, for lack of a better word, on SEO, I think for smaller businesses, focusing on Google CPC can be super helpful from an SEO perspective. And the second is that conversion matters just as much, if not more, than how many users are coming to your site. So investing and over-indexing on user experience is something that we believe in really strongly at Radub has been yielding dividends for us already and I think uh, can help a lot of people. Wonderful. Mika, it's been such a pleasure to have you here today. Where can people find you online? LinkedIn is the, the best uh, place to reach me. Uh, Mikael Castaldo on, on LinkedIn and connecting from there would be great. Awesome. And we'll definitely include a link to your profile as well as RateHub too, so people can learn about the services that you provide. Thank you so much for coming in today. It's been such a pleasure to chat with you today. It's been a pleasure, Manib. Thank you so much. Excellent. You take care and have the best of success, okay? Thank you. You too. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Marketing Innovators Podcast. If something we said today resonated with you, please subscribe, rate, and download our podcast. And remember to share this episode with your network. As we mentioned, this episode is brought to you by 2Web. We help your business thrive online. Learn more by visiting our website at 2Web.ca.